What's up, everybody? This is Carrick with ACG, and welcome to a Blathercast news special. I'm going to be trying to do these as often as I possibly can. We're going to talk about PS5 issues today. We're going to talk about Call of Duty. We're going to talk about Capcom's data leak, Black Ops itself. We're going to talk about Bethesda for a moment, and then we're going to talk about the old 120 frames per second battle between PlayStation and Xbox owners, and why for the majority of people, it just doesn't matter right now. So let's jump on in. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Please follow us there, ACG the best gaming podcast. Let's begin. So the first thing, PS5 issues. People have been asking me for an update, so here is my update. The second PS5 that I own also has issues just like the original PS5 review unit. If you followed the channel, you know that I got a review unit and started to have issues with various different problems with external drives, as well as just crashing during some games. This also continued despite not having external plugged in at times with weird errors, and then that device finally died. Sony and I worked together, and they sent me a second review copy of the system. So I've been able to play that for the last couple of days, less issues, but I did get the very, very commonly mentioned Q error that pops up. What this means is when you're trying to download a game on the PS5, it randomly thinks it's downloaded, but it's not, and you've already owned it, but sometimes it'll say you don't. What I have is a couple of games that just refuse to download no matter what, as if they think they're already on the system. This is on internal drives now, and no external was ever plugged in, nor was Spider-Man used which a lot of people point as one of the instigating features that occurs here. So I have had some issues there. I've had no actual overall crashes from the system itself in the OS, but I did have some from Call of Duty, which I'll explain in a second. So that's my roundup for my own personal PS5 issues. I continue to have them. They're not game stopping for most, except I did notice because of Spider-Man having issues with uh, the queue stuck in queue. It was actually it's DLC on the remastered. So that means at least from what I can tell, it would download the main game and then on DLC was stuck and I couldn't get that DLC and I still can't get it to upload or to download. There's a couple other games as well. I'm just watching that, taking notes, that kind of thing. Next thing I want to talk about is quite interesting with Call of Duty. So Call of Duty out on all the systems. It's actually a quite enjoyable campaign and I've liked the zombie mode somewhat. If you get a chance, check it out, especially if you're one of the campaign lovers. But I do have some issues there, which I'll talk about later on in this video in the podcast section. So the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to the game, a lot of people on the PS5 have been playing the PS4 version. How do I know at least 20 people in my land group out of 40 now, it was originally 10 out of 20, but about 20, 25 out of 40 are playing the PS4 version of the game on their PS5. Why is that? Well, that's because for many people, the store is for some reason defaulting to downloading the PS4 version of that. Even if you're on the PS5 store and you're buying what you consider to be the PS5 version, and it is, it's just for whatever reason defaulting to the PS4 version and downloading it. And people are playing it going, this doesn't look that good. Or maybe they think it does look good and they're not really paying attention. It doesn't matter. That is something to be aware of. If you get a game and you know that that game exists on the PS4, make sure you hit the triple dots that are right next to the title in, in the screen and verify that you're on the PS5 page and not the PS4 page so that you're actually playing the proper version. Now, a lot of people will be like, oh, I can't believe not ignore that. It has nothing with I can't believe. It's actually a mess up in the OS and they are aware. The next thing I want to talk about is Capcom's data leak. So you'll see a little data flashing up here in front of you about this. But basically, long story short of all this, there was a massive Capcom data leak. And this was, I got my information from multiplayer first, and but you can get it pretty much anywhere. 
Capcom had somebody get in, get some data, and they've ransomed them. But so far, some information is leaked about various different parts of the different systems and how much was paid for specific things. For example, the PSVR version of Resident Evil 7, apparently Sony paid $5 million to have that stay exclusive to the PlayStation VR. Now, I think that that's incredibly intelligent marketing on their part, and I think that that's along the lines of the amount that a lot of people expected for them to get paid. It also mentions something about $10 million paid by Stadia for some various different uh, inclusions of that platform on the release. We'll see if all this is real or not real. That's one of the things that you never quite know, but it's interesting to see that some of these bigger companies are getting these kind of ransoms, not actually deciding to pay them, which I think is probably the best way to go. And then some of the resulting fallout in information and data and knowledge. We also don't know exactly what plans change as we move forward here. So a plan for instance, Capcom to not put Dragon's Dogma 2 anywhere on here could just be an indicator that they started working on it the day after this got leaked, which is probably not true. I just wish it was because I'm a huge fan of Dragon's Dogma. On these new consoles, I would absolutely love to see it. However, I think it's time to get to the big daddy. This is Xbox's CFO who talked about Bethesda and exclusivity now on the Xbox gaming systems and the PC, of course. This is from WCCF Tech, but other places are carrying this information as well. And basically what happened was the Xbox CFO basically stated, and this is a quote, when we think about Bethesda, it's going to be the continuing to allow, I'll say allow, but continue to sell their games on the platforms that they exist on today and will determine what that looks like over time and will change over time, the CFO said. I'm not making any announcements about exclusivity or something like that, but that model will change, end quote. Now, this is something that anybody who understands PR has expected, which is that the announcement would come out, it would be like status quo, and then as we continue to get closer and closer, you will start seeing a pulling back to where Bethesda and Microsoft start to really announce their normal plans for these systems, including exclusivity. You don't spend that many billions of dollars to give it out on every single system. You, however, may do so in some kind of timed fashion, which continues out a bit in this next part of the quote, what we'll do in the long run is we don't have any intentions of just pulling all of Bethesda content out of Sony or Nintendo or otherwise, but what we want is we want that content in the long run to be either first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on our platforms. We will want Bethesda content to show up the best as on our platforms, end quote. This is something that I did talk about same way as prior. This is exactly expected from anybody who understands how companies like this work. That is 100% exactly how it will continue forward as well. At the bare minimum, they will do something to differentiate themselves. And if they cannot do so within the software and or hardware, they will do so via exclusivity of some content or timing. This is very normal. It's absolutely expected. But I know a lot of people were under the impressions or hoping at least with multiple stages of grief that they were going to get absolutely the same releases from everybody just as it occurred day one. That's exactly not what will happen. And it's never happened in the past. This is something where all these companies look at the various ways they're doing things and they adjust them. This also includes titles where we look at Microsoft having purchased another company. And sometimes people will be like, well, that company was purchased, but they're still releasing this title and this title on other systems and platforms. Go and check. And most of the time that publisher is actually not Microsoft. The publisher from the prior title was taking care of the DLC or the original release pre-Microsoft buying them and post-Microsoft announcing it. That does not mean currently with them creating something, which is what we're getting now.
Anyway, wanted to make sure people are informed of that because that is important. For the last bit of news prior to jumping into the longer section, I want to discuss just for a moment 120 frames per second mode. So this is something that's very cool. 120 frames per second is supported by the PS5 and the Xbox in particular games and achieved in particular games sometimes on those various systems. However, I do know a number of people are looking at that and saying, oh man, here's this certain number and here's this certain number. One's doing better than the other. Completely valid discussion. However, you do need to be aware you may actually, and you probably are, one of the people out there that doesn't actually have a TV that supports those frame rates. There's a lot of TVs that'll say they're 120 hertz, refresh rate, and then you find out, or delivery of frames per second, depending on the two, and you will find out that they actually aren't, or there's interpolation, it's not natural, it's not native. You really do need to check in your system. If you're playing on a monitor, there's a far higher chance that you actually are. It's a very interesting discussion points, but like a lot of things, there's nuance to every single element here. I think it's very interesting to talk on a technical side, but on a normal side where a lot of people are, you know, looking at these titles at more of the 60 frames per second, 60 refresh rate. Well, then we're talking about something completely different. And what we do have is two incredibly powerful machines playing a multitude of games very well, which is awesome to me. If you're here just for minutia and bits of the news, that'll be the end of that. Feel free to leave. However, I would love for you to stay because we're going to break into some more in-depth discussion here in sort of a podcast format. So the first thing I want to talk about is Call of Duty, and I want to talk about my experiences with it in the short term, no spoilers. So I'm playing Call of Duty 5, and I've got it on both systems, right? We're going to talk a little bit about 3D audio as well. That campaign has some really excellent moments, very excellent. Some America, fuck yeah, times, which I love. I'm not lying in the first like 20 minutes of that game you're upside down in a helicopter firing your gun at pretty much anything and it all explodes that right there it's just a michael bay wet dream that's why i get into those games those moments are fantastic i think the game does a really good time funneling you through them but it also has a stellar stealth moment in this title and i just got to talk about it now you've seen this in other reviews and i'm not going to spoil it here but I'm sure you've seen somebody talk about the stealth moment in this game. So basically what happens is there's an entire level where you are infiltrating a location. And in this infiltration, there is a long drawn out section of stealth. And about 15 minutes in, I was playing the game going, man, it's still the stealth section. This is crazy. And then I played about 20 minutes. I'm like, there's, it's still stealth. And about 30 minutes, man, there's, it's still stealth. And that was continuing throughout this entire time of about 40 minutes. Again, I went a little slow. I verified everything, talked to everybody. You don't have to do that. And a couple side optional missions, which are sort of part and parcel for this title. But going around, sneaking around felt good in this game. The AI is not the greatest in Call of Duty. However, in the stealth sections, it was pretty good. There were times where I could see the guy staring at me and I was like, what's happening? Why is he not noticing me? You're going to get those. When you look at the title, the idea for them to step just a bit out and say, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to show this unique section and have it be something that wasn't just plastered in was phenomenal. Now, as you continue to play this, I have to talk about two problems I have with Call of Duty as it currently stands, and that's in the single player. First, you have to realize that during this time period, one of the things they didn't have was as many modular guns as we may be accustomed to in current modern day 
uh, Modern Warfare games, meaning it is far less gun porn than I was hoping for. It was an MP5 occasionally, it was a couple different handguns, but mostly it was like M16s and various different attachments and not even that many. So in the campaign itself, just be aware, it's a little bit tighter when it comes to the weapons you can use. AK-47s, of course, on the Russian side and a couple other, Commando 552, I think is what it's called. There was a couple guns that I really liked. I enjoyed those, but it was a little bit pulled back and I realized that, and I realized just how much I enjoyed that in the prior titles. I've just, just been something that I've absolutely enjoyed. They did speak about the illness that's around the world causing issues for them developmentally. In some kind of development, they were having some issues and they did speak about it being more difficult. I think that that is perfectly displayed, no more perfectly displayed than I think it's the second to last or maybe the third to last mission in this game, which looks a full generation, if not two, behind the PS5 or the Xbox. It is crazy low. You go into the rest of the game and, you know, some of it's cut off that there's some good graphical points here and there. And I don't think anybody's going to say that this Call of Duty game is the most stunning graphically, but it's still pretty good. And you go into this level. It's the worst graphics I've seen in years. It's there's just bookshelves flipped over on boring wood floors. There's a couple holes in the walls. Everything just looks terrible. It doesn't look put together well. And they try to describe it off in the fiction. But what I'm saying is even within the fiction, it doesn't make sense because even the detritus and the debris are not there. It is very much a step down. Now, we understand how games are made. They're not made linearly, meaning they don't go to level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, and finish each one until completion. That's never how it goes. So that's why sometimes you'll see a game that is a linear progression game, level one through 12, where there's a 13th level hidden in there somewhere, but they decided that they couldn't finish it, didn't get it done, and removed it. That's how we know, and developers have stated this. So when you look at this game, it certainly does feel like these two, maybe three levels that are really rough in Call of Duty were most likely levels that were just the last ones to get to. And we see that. We see that in the debris. We see it in the setup. We see it even in these odd moments in the design and the cutscenes, which feel rougher than the rest of the game. So those are some interesting talking points. I want to know what you think. If you played Call of Duty, I would love for you to post your thoughts in the comments, what you think. Just go ahead and uh, give your heads up on it. Moving on from there, let's discuss 3D audio for a second. I've covered this. I'll probably do a video, but DAX on the PS5 and on the Xbox, they do work. It's crazy. They work very well. They're very loud. DACs are, again, digital analog converters. They take a digital signal from your USB that's piped from the console into this chip, and the chip then translates it into something you can plug your headphones into. Some are better. Some are worse. The nice thing about both systems is they work overall. They seem to pump out the right amount of volume, which was an issue with the past consoles, in particularly the PS4. I was also questioned, does 3D audio play through those as well? Does the Tempest 3D audio engine play through your DAC and give you those upgrades? It absolutely does, but let's talk about 3D audio just for a second. 3D audio is slightly weird on both systems. On the Xbox, they do have a hardware chip for 3D audio. It's a very, very impressive chip, but they didn't name it and didn't bring it forth as something to really discuss. Where Sony called theirs the Tempest engines, and it is very powerful. Additionally, you also have software kinds of systems, D 
ETS. You've got Atmos, different support for those as well. And what these do, or what they're supposed to do, is not only help you with your normal stereo separation and your channeling, but with Atmos in particular and others that are full 3D, it's supposed to make you feel like the audio is coming from various different points in the game world and not just discrete left and discrete right or somewhat muddy left and somewhat muddy right. Now, the past systems did have some support, like I said, for DTS, DTX, uh, as well as Atmos on the Xbox. On the PS5, you can't get this through HDMI. Be aware of that the only way to get the 3D audio effect that they're going for is through the headset plugged into the controller or a DAC. Why do I bring that up? Well, because it's not the greatest right now. Spider-Man has some okay 3D audio, but the best one is probably Call of Duty. When I was playing Call of Duty with the 3D audio, both on the Xbox and on the PS5, which I got to admit were about identical in their quality, I didn't really actually feel like the PS5 was much better. In fact, I've talked to multiple people who played both, and I don't think anybody does. So there were, for example, in the second part of the first level, there's a helicopter that flies over your head, and if you have all the 3D audio settings set on, if you have a nice stereo system or your headphones for the Xbox, or if you have your headphones or a DAC for the PS5, it really does sound like that helicopter is above your head. There's some really nice channeling there of the 3D and some effects, which I'll start covering more in reviews. But as it stands right now, the big question is, is the 3D audio a feature that you're missing or a feature that they missed? And I would personally say at this time, it is a feature that they have missed. We have not seen a jump in the 3D audio really paying off yet. I'm sure we absolutely will as these companies come more to grips with what's going on. And everybody sort of gets out of that emergency panic mode, which we see right now, where a lot of these companies are just trying to get their games out there so that people can play them. I'm a big fan of 3D audio. I think it's great. I have the 3D Pulse from Sony, which by the way, a lot of people were assuming that was a special headset you need for the Sony PlayStation 5. You don't. You do not need that headset. That's a normal headset. There's not anything like magically special. That's a branded Sony headset that they've made some adjustments to. Nevertheless, a normal headset will work as long as it's not super high power requirements, as long as you plug it into the controller or the DAC, you will get those. And I think you should try it. You should definitely play with those and adjust them with the Xbox. Again, HDMI just works. Looking at and sort of stepping away and looking at 3D audio, there is an excellent Game of Sutra and GDC video on GDC on YouTube Game Developer Conference where you can read about Gears of War and the 3D audio there. If you want to really hear how 3D audio is done well in a game, go check that video out. It is a longer video. It's like 40 to 50 minutes, but they cover everything from occlusion and sound, reverb and bounce and different layers, discrete abilities for particular surfaces to eat up sound. Phenomenal job in that video. You should definitely check it out. Gears of War, GDC on YouTube. Go and look at it. I'm going to cover one last thing in a podcast format and we'll wrap this up. Try to keep these under 30 minutes so more people will watch them. And I appreciate you if you have. Why is Discord not on the PS5 and on the Xbox? Let us begin. These are my thoughts. First of all, Discord has really taken off in a business stance. This is something that we know. Discord has made it quite clear that they're slightly stepping away from the gamer stance. Remember in the past, they had the gamer stance. It was like, we're going to sell games on our store. Well, guess what? That didn't pan out. So they went towards the business stance. Now, with the world changes as they are, multiple people are starting to use Google. And we're also starting to see, I would personally say, that system being strained a little bit more with so many people doing video and so many people doing meetings, we're starting to see more outages of Discord as well. Ignoring that for a moment and just looking at this from 
you know, a thousand foot view and staring down on this. The reason why Discord is not currently on these different systems is because they have their systems that they want to push and that they control. Now, be aware this doesn't always stop a company from go ahead and allowing a third party app on their system. And I could see Microsoft of all the companies saying, hey, you know what? Merge your Discord with your PC Discord and now everybody's in one place. I could see that happening in the future. I could also see Microsoft just buying Discord in the future if they really wanted to. But I also see that these companies do want to control how they do their various systems, the join ups and the groups and have them all intertwined. You don't necessarily want a Discord voice group and the game going on and having it be separated from the OS itself because there are are some things you may want to do. We also know that with PlayStation, you know, there's the ability for people to listen in, record what you're saying and send it and report you if you say something racist or whatever they don't agree with. That kind of technology, those kind of systems and the interlacing and layering of the various different programming and elements in the OS is something that they just do not want to give up right now. We will see apps coming out. We certainly see, I think, on Xbox's side, some experimentation with some of the apps that they're offering. And we also see some deals that Microsoft is doing with Disney, those kind of things where I think a lot of us weren't expecting. However, don't necessarily sit up and go, oh, I absolutely expect for Discord to come onto one of these systems. Probably won't happen for a while. It could, depending on various different other interactions and the way they route everything voice-wise and game-wise through the various different systems. Discord has shown that it's worked quite well, especially with sharing streams, those kind of things, which is something that while the PS5 has a broadcast ability and the Xbox not so much, I was really surprised neither company went hard on the streaming. It feels to me like they did originally, and this could possibly be because Microsoft had the issues with Mixer and then moved to Facebook and they're not ready, but I was really expecting a much more integrated kind of situation on both of those steps where you would go in and it would be like, I had said this before, for example, Xbox, you go in and it just, boom, makes you a, makes you a page for whatever social media site and just says, you know, this is Carrick. These are the things he's streaming. And people, when they follow you, can they can see that right away. We sort of have that connected to the gamer tag, but not as social and as streaming as I personally expected. I also expected things like overlays, sound mixing. I really did. And I know a lot of people are surprised by that, but you got to realize, especially with the prior Xboxes, they actually had a chip in there just for a lot of this stuff. And then when we get into the new one, the Xbox and even its recording ability is really subpar. And I'm surprised by that. I actually expected both of those guys to sort of elevate their streaming platforms to use people as their means of getting the word out about their consoles. But we haven't seen that. So looking at these, I would love to know what you guys think about the various different parts I've talked about. Like I said, I'm going to try to cover two or three news bits uh, you know, on the side, tangentially report on them and then move into two or three in more of a podcast format and my thoughts and feelings. I figure I'll keep these always under 30 minutes so people can jump in and listen if they want. I would love for you guys follow me again, iTunes, Spotify, ACG, the best gaming podcast, ACG on Twitch is where I am there. You guys should be seeing some videos from me quite soon. I hope you guys like these. Peace out, everybody. Keep gaming. There's a bunch of stuff to be excited about. Hell, we don't even still have Cyberpunk out. Or what's that Gods and Monsters game? Oh yeah, Phoenix Rising. Well, maybe not as excited about that. Oh, also check out the Patreon. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of your week.